0: And I had this Jerry Maguire moment. And if you were not born in the 80s, you don't know what I'm talking about, but that's fine. And I literally sat down and created a plan. Now, this plan was a Word document with like five bullet points, but it was a plan. And I went to the CEO and I said, hey, I know that you're so busy bringing a new business and we're growing and it's amazing, but we have a bit of a problem.
1: Hi, you're listening to Looks Like Work. I'm your host, Chedva Kleinler and yeah, it's the least pronounceable name you've ever heard, but you'll get used to it. I'm a serial entrepreneur who's obsessed with curiosity, creativity, and grit, and that's just to get started. I really can't get enough of learning more about people's career choices. What fulfills them? How do they deal with burnout, with heartbreak? How do they protect their boundaries? And is it all even working? Those are questions that keep me up at night and I hope to explore here. On this podcast, we'll have deep conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, people juggling a few jobs, sometimes even a few industries, sharing what looks like work for them. With that, on to the episode. I really hope you'll enjoy it. Hi, Maya. So good to to have you.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Excited for our chat today.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. I haven't seen you in over two years, but I've been seeing you all over LinkedIn all the time and loving your posts. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today.
0: Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun seeing you. It was right before the pandemic, I think. And uh, it's a great opportunity to catch up and talk to you.
1: Yeah, I think it was actually (laughs) like February 2020.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So we really dodged a bullet.
1: Yeah, it was like really like a second before. (laughs) So Maya, let our listeners know a little bit about how we got to know each other. I can tell you that I've been looking up to you as both a professional and a friend and a human being all over. Like since I got to know you, I think was that like around... 2016, I think. But in the last few years, you've got through like a really exciting and kind of surprising for a lot of people who know you professional shift. And I would love for you to also
0: share that. Yeah, of course. I've been a marketer for almost 15 years. It's what I've always enjoyed doing. I actually intentionally built a career in marketing, even though I started doing something very different. I was a travel agent for the first seven years of my career. (laughs) Yeah. But then I realized that, you know, I was kind of climbing the wrong ladder. It wasn't my dream. And I shifted into marketing and then spent almost 15 years doing pretty much everything you can think of. In marketing, I started in PR and social media. I did product marketing, demand, pretty much everything you can think of. I worked for some of the biggest companies like, you know, Microsoft and Google, but I also spend a lot of time with small startups, which is where my passion really is. And I love doing that. I love just kind of following my curiosity and trying different things. And in the last couple of years, I realized I actually have another passion. It wasn't just, you know, the marketing and my job. There were actually other things that could make me happy and fulfilled. And I found out by mistake. So throughout my career, I actually started, I actually stepped into a leadership role really early in my career, and I really enjoyed it. I really liked working with other people, empowering them, helping them realize how amazing they are. And everything that they can do and achieve. But it was always just part of my job. And a couple of years ago, um, I was actually doing consulting work. And a few people came up to me and they kept asking me the same questions. And this time I wasn't their direct manager. So I just try to help them almost like a consultant. And I realized I was giving the same answers. So being me, very uh, practical person, I figured I'm just going to write it down, right? I'll have a blog post. So every time people ask me this question, I can just send them to my blog. Right. You can like just have a go-to resource. Exactly. And I sat down and I started writing, but instead of a blog, it ended up becoming a book because I had a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Naturally. Career success. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I wrote my book invaluable a few years ago, And I spent a lot of time building a community because I realized, I mean, I can write a book, but if no one knows who I am, they'll never really have an opportunity to read it.
1: Yeah. Like why should we listen to her? Right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not famous and you know, there are so many books on Amazon. Why would you choose mine? So I figured I'll build a community. I'll get to know people and that way I can help them because for me, it was never about the money. Let me tell you a secret, unless you're a New York Times bestseller, a book doesn't necessarily bring in a lot of revenue, but I wanted to help people. So I I figured, you know, it's the best way for me to take 15 years of experience and package them into something that people can read in a couple of hours. And I really enjoyed that process. But at that point, it still felt like, you know, a side hustle. This is what I do in my spare time, this is the fun stuff. And I went back into marketing, took another full-time VP role, and I enjoyed it very much for the first couple of months. And about eight or nine months into the role, I realized something's missing. It has always been my dream to be like the CMO of a Silicon Valley startup. I did it twice. And the second time, it was great, but it just wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, something weird happens when you... Actually, get to fulfill a dream could either be a dream come true or it can make you have to like take a really good long look at yourself and at your dream and figure some stuff out, right?
0: Yeah. And I think just the last two years with the pandemic made all of us take a really good hard look at who we are, what we're doing. Are we happy? Is there anything else we can do, you know, that might make us feel even better? And it was actually a very hard decision because I built my identity around being a marketer, right? I've done this for 15 years. It's who I am. It's the reputation that I built. But at the same time, I knew it wasn't all of me. There was more. And I kind of slowly started shifting from Maya, the marketer, into Maya, the career coach.
1: So I want to take kind of a... (laughs) <laughs> you know, like a pause here and it feels a little bit like those commercial breaks right at the <laughs> at the cliff. Uh, but I want to take a second to look back. First of all, thank you so much for for telling your story and for kind of introducing yourself. But you are super, super, super humble about it. And I want to give our listeners a little bit more context into who you are and what you've been doing for those like 15 years that you described and what kinds of friends you worked with and at, and why that moment of kind of pausing and taking a long, hard look at it and deciding to maybe look at other things as well or prioritizing other things is not something to be taken for granted. So we met uh, each other, I think, around 2016 when you were...
0: Uh, at Microsoft for startups. And can you tell us what you were doing there and how you got there? Yeah, so funny story. Um, (laughs) Very early in my career, my first marketing job, I worked for an agency and one of my clients were Microsoft for startups. And I remember really enjoying working with the team and actually looking into the startup world. It was really interesting to me. And after the agency, I actually made a really interesting shift, something that most people probably didn't see coming, but I moved into consumer packaged goods. And the reason was I just really wanted to try something different, and I fell in love with this company, SodaStream. I remember I was doing my MBA, and we had a case study about them and how they were able to take a very old brand And kind of revive it and turn it into something exciting and interesting and go from a really small company to a massive international brand.
1: Because they were like a very, very old concept. I remember as a kid, it was like this machine, very much like a coffee machine, but not as aspirational as a coffee machine, where you would just like attach a bottle and you will create a soda drink, right? Like carbonate a drink. And then something happens and made a difference there.
0: I think the need was always there, but it was very practical. And at the time, the new CEO that joined really wanted to look into brand. He really wanted to build the equivalent of the coffee machine. He wanted people to have a habit around soda. He wanted to make it something, to your point, very aspirational or even sexy. And he was able to do that. And they really flourished at the time. They were later acquired by PepsiCo, so definitely did really well. And I just wanted to work for the person who was able to do that. I wanted to learn more about brand. I wanted to understand how you can go from, I don't think they were bankrupt, but almost like non-existent brand to building something so unique and so inspirational. So I just, I literally stalked them until there was an opportunity for me to apply for a role. Uh, and even then I had to convince them because I applied for a digital marketing role, but technically I never did. Digital marketing. Oh wow! I mean, not as as a title. I never had the digital marketing title. I did some of the work. I just never did it under the same umbrella, and I really had to convince them that I can do this. And I was able to do that. Joined the company. Had a really really great team. And I was there for almost two years. But what I realized in the process is that I was missing the tech world, the startup world. Because consumer packaged goods, it's very different. It moves a lot slower. There are actual products. I was so used to moving really quickly, breaking things, most sophisticated technology. So this was a little bit different. And while I love the company, it just wasn't the right thing for me to do. And I remember just reaching out to a couple of friends. And I guess someone heard that, you know, I was thinking about my next move. And the team at Microsoft actually reached out to me because they remembered I did a really good job when we worked at the agency, and they you know they just said, "Hey, there's this role. I don't know if you know it's going to be the best fit for you, but you want to join because the manager you'll be working with is probably the best person you can work for, and whatever you step into doing, whatever role you're going to take on, don't worry, you can do whatever you want." <laughs> and that was really weird. I mean, seriously, I never heard something like that. That's not something you hear every day. Yeah, but it was all true. And, and I think we both know Sahi is an incredible manager. And I had an amazing time at Microsoft. And the good part was I actually got to build my role. So I stepped into s- some sort of a role. I, I don't even remember the title. But it was like, we have this group, we work with startups, and we need someone to do marketing. That was basically the definition (laughs) of my role. And I'm like, okay, Yeah, let's figure out what that means. So I had an opportunity to really build my own role and step by step decide what is necessary and then do the work. And looking back after a couple um, of months, I realized most of the work that I'm doing would probably fall under the definition of product marketing. And that's the title that i ended up with because i did a lot of work to understand the market the positioning to really figure out how to make microsoft for startups stand out when there are so many other startup accelerators and during my time there we were eventually i think considered the best startup accelerator like the best corporate startup accelerator out there we were featured Everywhere. <laughs> totally. I, I remember as a, at the time as a startup
1: founder, it was definitely the leading brand. I want to note two things about that. So first of all, I remember like I stepped into Microsoft Accelerator. And I wasn't participant. I was there as part of a different kind of collaboration. And all the other startups there were like much more advanced and like very different. So I stepped in like very lost (laughs) and very like very much of a rookie and didn't know a lot of people, didn't know, didn't have a lot of network. And I have to say, no, it has nothing to do with the Actually, you know what? I believe it does have, but uh, maybe not directly. First of all, I remember you as one of the friendliest people. And that was like really something that meant a lot to me. So I don't know how much it has to do with our conversation here about your career. But it's like, it's meant a lot to me. And I wanted to tell you that. And the other thing I think is, again, you're being very humble. But you were one of the first people there, if not the first, to actually work on marketing And it was a program that started in Israel, but then uh, your boss, Sachi, went on to create it all over the world. You kind of replicated that success globally. And it was really interesting because, yes, you were working for Microsoft, but you were working on the ground with early stage startups, really helping them kind of implement the first marketing
0: practices. Is that correct? Yeah, so I did both. I worked on marketing for the program in general. But what I realized early on is that the best way to do that is to actually understand what early stage startups need. So that we can create the right content and the right resources. So the only way I know how to do that is to actually do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I volunteered to do, to do coaching for a lot of the startups we worked with. And I really enjoyed it. But I also got to learn what is necessary. And that really informed all of the marketing work that I ended up doing. And to this day, this is probably the best advice I can give any marketer. Talk to your customers. Don't send a survey. Don't send an email. Literally sit down and talk to them because what you will discover will inform everything that you do. That's amazing.
1: And it's like, it sounds so obvious, but obviously it's not. <laughs> <And> it's <laughs> a, a really, really much needed advice most of the time. So between that time and the time we were discussing at the top of the conversation, where you kind of have, have had like this realization actually, what I want to do or actually a big part of what I want to do is career coaching. You were at Microsoft doing what you described. You were a CMO of a startup. Uh, you were consulting at another big tech company. You were a VP of marketing at a Silicon Valley startup. So by the way, you also moved to the Silicon Valley from Israel. And that then yeah. that brings us to that point. I think one more thing before I I let you kind of tell us about that moment that you said very much in the beginning is how you said you intentionally built your career. And I think that's such a small word, but it's so important because I can really see how you, first of all, just knowing you, but also now and how you talk about your career, how you were very, like awareness is a very big thing of you for you, right? You, You are in the situation, but you could also kind of, see it and analyze it, is that something that you feel that
0: you do? Yeah. Well, now I definitely didn't start this way. You know, I I started by saying I spent seven years as a travel agent and I uh, knew that I had to put myself through college. So after I spent two years serving my country, I took a little trip just to kind of relax and enjoy. And I got back and I had to find a job because there was no one else to, you know, pay the rent. So I got a job and I really wanted to go to college, but again, didn't have any savings or family to rely on. So I had to figure it out. So I took the first job that I could find, but it was also a great job it was a travel agency, a global company, by the way, about 400 people. And I took I think I started with like the smallest, most, I wouldn't say insignificant, but like really low level role. So I was doing customer support. And at the time I was, um, we were giving service 24/7 so basically i would work from 8am till 8pm or 8pm till 8am wow and i did that for 6 months wow but i learned everything there is to know there was nothing that i couldn't do right i had agents who were there for 10 years and didn't know how to do some of the things that i did because i had every problem imaginable and I had to solve it. You just had to think on your feet. Yeah. And it was a really great way to learn, right? Because it was condensed and there was no other solution. You sink or swim. So I I just had to figure out how to swim. And I learned really quickly. And what happened was one of the leading travel agents at the company kind of noticed me and she poached me. So she basically said, you had your time you know, doing customer support, but if you're interested in kind of being my assistant... We're actually going to open an office in, at the time it was Herzliya, so you can join me. And I was living up north at the time. So for me, that was a big move. They literally relocated me. (laughs) That was like a foreshadowing. (laughs) Exactly. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, I was learning and I was growing. And it took me a while to understand while it was, you know, a good job, it wasn't my dream. Like I didn't look at my boss. Oh my God, one day I'm I'm going to have this job. I just, I didn't actually want it. And it was really strange because for a little while it was really nice. But at some point I realized not the thing that I really want.
1: Was it hard to
0: let go because it was so much better than your previous job? It was hard to let go because eventually when I made the move into marketing, I, I almost took a step back because... I spent seven years with that company. I was able to grow a little bit. I was a manager at the time. I had, you know, two people reporting to me and I had to take a step back and take a junior social media manager job, a bit of a pay cut. I moved from a global company with 400 people to a tiny agency with five people and no office. We were working from the founder's home the first year oh wow and my family thought i was crazy i was giving up the safe job you know with a future to go to this thing where they do social media what's social media yeah what is this thing do you think it's gonna work that's like 15 years ago so that's like
1: not as obvious as now
0: i know but i i almost had a hunch like i knew this was going to be probably the most important thing in marketing i mean i didn't know it was going to be the most important but i i thought that it was going to be important and i decided to make the move and what happened was yes i kind of took a step back But because I had seven years of work experience, I had work ethics. I knew how a business works. Once I joined that agency, I moved up the ladder really quickly. I was promoted to manager within less than a year. Oh, wow.
1: That's amazing.
0: But here's the thing, not because there was an opening, but because I created that opportunity. And that goes back to awareness and managing my own career. So when I was at the travel agency and I realized this wasn't a thing for me, I started asking, okay, so what is? Yeah. And it took me a while, but I landed on marketing. And then I said, okay, but I don't know anyone who's a marketer.
1: How, how was that, that you landed in the marketing? Were you like super passionate about social media? Or was it like something else that kind of made you fun? So it was
0: actually, I was doing my bachelor's at the time. And I, I decided to, I had two majors of so finance and marketing. And I really hated finance. <laughs> and I liked marketing. And I thought, ooh, if I could do this, you know, for a living, that would be nice. But I didn't know anyone who was a marketer. So I had no one to ask. I Googled it. And what I came up with is you can be a communications manager or I don't don't even remember the other one. There was like, um, they called it like
1: Marcom at the time, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. And that wasn't exactly what I was aiming for, but I knew I needed to do something. And we didn't even have a marketing department at the travel agency. So I really had to figure out what to do. Am I going to leave and just try my luck somewhere else? Am I going to keep climbing the ladder, even though I know it's the wrong ladder with that company? Just because that's like kind of the accessible ladder. Yeah. And again, they were paying me well. It was a pretty good job when all of my friends were waiting tables to get by. I had an office and, you know, it was really nice. It just wasn't the right thing for me. And eventually I realized there was a third option. I could actually do something about it. And what happened was I went to my manager and I offered to do some marketing work in my spare time. I said, Hey, there's this thing it's called Facebook. I think it's going to be really interesting. Why don't you let me open like a Facebook page and I'll see if I can drive business to the travel agency. And, you know, I've been there for more than six years at this point. So They were really happy to give me an opportunity, and I said, I'm going to do this in my free time, right? So Yeah, why not? Let's have her do it. Yeah, but for me, it gave me real experience because I read about social media, but it is not the same as actually doing the work.
1: Just like you said about startups sitting down with their users, you can talk about it, you can think that you know what they think, but if you're not doing it, then you're just not doing it.
0: But that gave me the experience that I needed. I spent about six months building, I think it was both Twitter and Facebook. I was able to really create a community. I created content and it gave me the confidence as well to actually apply for a social media role. And funny enough, I applied for that role on Twitter. (laughs) I love it. If you're applying for a social media role, might as well demonstrate that you know how to use the platform.
1: So you applied, you were there, and then somehow you created a new opportunity within that agency for yourself, right?
0: Yeah, I made a decision. So I realized what I wanted to do. I had a very clear destination, meaning I knew what the dream role would look like. I asked myself, what would it take to get there? And the answer was hands-on experience doing social media. So I created the opportunity to do that work. So when I eventually applied, maybe I didn't have a ton of experience, but I had enough to get them interested. And again, that was a junior role, right? If I was trying to apply for a director role, no one would even talk to me. But because I applied for a junior role, it was enough. It was a very easy decision for me. It was very difficult for my family <laughs> at the time, but it seemed like a no-brainer. And I, and I loved it. And I think because I loved it and because at that point I realized, hey, I don't have to wait for things to happen to me. I can actually create opportunities. So when I joined that social media agency, it happened again. And the thing was, we were growing really quickly. We were growing so fast that we were not able to hire enough people to actually support the amount of customers we had. And things were starting to fall apart and it didn't look great. And I remember it really bugged me because I loved the company. I loved what we were doing. I was so proud of the work that we were delivering. And I didn't want you know anyone to think that we're not doing a good job. And I had this Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> if you were not born in the 80s, you don't know what I'm talking about, but that's fine. And I literally sat down and created a plan. Now, this plan was a Word document with like five bullet points, but it was a plan. I love it. And um, I went to the CEO and I said, hey, I know that you're so busy bringing a new business and we're growing and it's amazing, but we have a bit of a problem. We don't have enough consistency. There are five different account managers. They each do whatever they want. There's no one to actually supervise and make sure that we're delivering quality work. So I think you need to hire a manager. You're
1: You're speaking my language as an agency owner right now. I'm like, kind of internally nodding my head so so strongly (laughs) oh
0: my god (laughs) so you said you have to hire a manager exactly and And, hey i'm here (laughs) i didn't even have to do that at that point the ceo he just looked at me and i remember he was smiling and he said great you're the new manager. Go figure it out. Congratulations. I literally <laughs> created that opportunity. And Amazing. I love it. Here's the thing, though. I, I think it's important to note. I don't think I have or had at that point anything special. So there were other account managers. We were all doing pretty much the same work. I think any one of those people could have done the same thing. You had two things, though, just from hearing this story.
1: And I, you probably have different words for them. But just me as like a... As a manager doing this, I love it. I couldn't, I couldn't love it more. And one thing is you had perspective, just being able to look. We're talking before about your self awareness, but you also had awareness to your surroundings. Hey, like what's happening here? What, what could help? Right. And then the second thing is initiative, which is any manager's dream. Someone who has initiative.
0: I would say most, unfortunately. um... Yeah doesn't always work that way, but that's exactly what I teach people, right? You own your career, not a company, not a manager. Anything you want to do and achieve, you can if you create those opportunities. They're not always going to come to you. And yes, you can sit and wait and hope and maybe someone will notice you and maybe it will be your turn. But why rely on maybe? when you can have a sure thing. And I have done this throughout my career. You have to take initiative because at the end of the day, the only person in control of your career is you. And this is kind of funny because for the first 20 years of our lives, we are conditioned to think that someone else is in control, right? Early on, it's our parents. They tell us what to do. Then you go to school and your teachers tell you what to do. You go to college and still you have professors and you have the education system and everything is laid out and you know what to do. So when you get to the workforce, you think, okay, someone else is just going to tell me what to do and I'm just going to follow the rules. But that's actually not ideal. Yeah, and some people can do that to their entire
1: careers and it's valid. It's just like not the full scope.
0: Yeah. I think you'll be missing out on a lot of opportunities because no one will care about your career as much as you do. And no matter what we've been conditioned to think, you can actually create your own opportunities. I have done it throughout my career with Every single move, I have worked with my clients who were able to do the same thing, right? So a client who was waiting for a promotion for a year got it within six weeks just because he decided to create an opportunity. Anyone can do it. That's the whole point. This is what I teach people. And I refer to it as being the CEO of your career because you need to be in charge. You need to understand what it is that you want. And create the opportunities for you to actually achieve those goals or get the promotion or get the raise that you want. And it sounds almost like too good to be true, but it actually is. That's the thing. People can do that in any industry,
1: right? You don't have to be in a specific location. Like, yes, I guess that. In some industries or in some jobs, uh, there will be maybe more openness to allowing that. And as you said, like, unfortunately, not every boss loves initiative. But basically, it's uh, kind of more like a trait than or like a habit than something that is tied to a specific time in your life or your career. Is that is that true? Does that
0: connect? Yeah, I would say it's a skill that you develop. And that's exactly what I teach people to do with my book and with my course, because I know as long as it doesn't defy the rules of physics, you can pretty much do anything you set your mind to as long as one, you have a goal. So it's very specific. You know what you want. You figure out what it takes to get there. And I teach you how to do that. And lastly, you actually follow through consistently. And this is where most people actually drop off because you know I I see a lot of people writing down their goals and they're passionate and they're excited and they do one thing and maybe it's not perfect and they figure oh I'm just not good enough or I probably can't do it and they step away and they never get back to it.
1: That's so interesting because I was going to ask is it harder for people to kind of find what their dream or their goal is or then go after it and you kind of Answered it in advance.
0: Yeah, I mean, for for different people, they'll have different challenges. I did work with people who were either multi-passionate, so they love a lot of things and they don't know what to choose, or they actually have no idea where to get started because we have this notion that you're supposed to find your passion, but that's not how it works. You don't find your passion; it's not there waiting. You actually create it. You find something that's interesting or maybe a little appealing and you learn about it and you immerse yourself and you find people who do it you know that story that you told uh, before about like
1: googling marketing that resonated with me so much because I was going to study social work and then very long story they didn't want to accept me because I wasn't 20 yet I convinced them <laughs> once they were convinced they I- no longer wanted to do that, which probably proves their point. Uh, But then I was trying to think, because yes, exactly as you said, we are expected to have this, either like just work in order to be a breadwinner, or we're expected to have like this big, all-encompassing dream that will also last our entire careers and lifetimes, and we shouldn't ever decide that we want something else and it's very suffocating. And I remember just like trying, like just sitting down and thinking, what do I love to do in life? Like not not what do I want to do for the next 20 years or 40 years? What do I like to do? I'm a bookworm. What do you have? Like what skills do I have? I'm bilingual. And hey, I can translate. Is there is that a profession? Is that something that people do? Googling it. Oh, there's like a translation course in college and I think that's I love what you said because it's like hey like it doesn't have to be it could be very big but it doesn't have to be the one huge thing that you are kind of in love with and that you never think about anything else right
0: Yeah, because we're not all um, at the same place in our careers and our lives, right? I I actually knew after I stepped into marketing, I realized very quickly that my goal was to be CMO. One, because I loved marketing. I wanted to keep doing it. And two, I wanted to be in charge. That was my thing. I was, you can call it hungry for power, but I just, for me, it comes from a place of making an impact. And the, the most impact that I could have is if I lead marketing. But I had that goal for almost 10 years before it became a reality. And I had a plan. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know what to do. Like, I couldn't move from zero to 100, right? But I kind of reversed engineer what are the things that I'm going to need to learn about and what are the skills I'll need to acquire to eventually get there. So every time that I had to make a career decision... It was so much easier for me because I knew what I was optimizing for. You can kind of, you could like measure it against that goal. Yeah, I mean, just as an example, when I decided to, I didn't actually decide to leave Microsoft. I just realized, hey, I've done this role for about two and a half years. I, I feel like I need a new challenge, and I was looking internally for other roles. But at the same time, I didn't want to limit myself, so I was also looking externally. And I was lucky enough to have to choose between two options. Do I stay with Microsoft and do a a more senior role? Or I was actually afforded the opportunity to lead marketing for a small startup. For me, because I knew my goal was to be CMO, it was an easy choice. But if you were optimizing, let's say, for salary, right? There are seasons in our lives where we actually need that income. So maybe I would have stayed with Microsoft because they offered more, to be honest. Knowing where you're going is a really good way to help you make career decisions. And it was the right decision for me at that time, but someone else would have made a different decision. For sure. I love that because that really gives
1: you a lot of power, no matter where you are. Because you, yes, you can't be responsible or have control necessarily. Yes, you can create opportunities. Sometimes the copies will be created and come, sometimes not. But you can have control on kind of how you think about it and how do you measure it and how, like, what your judgment call is. And that gives, like, in a world that is so full of noise, that kind of helps tone down the noise a little and have some more clarity.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I don't like ambiguity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah, I I like to have things in order and to know what to expect. Uh, although I'm learning <laughs> to live with the unknown, that that is what happens when you start your own business. It's a bit of a different journey. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was just so helpful. And again, this is one of the things that I teach people You don't have to have the 10 years plan, right? For me, that was really long-term because I knew what I wanted. But as long as you know what's coming next, then again, you can create those opportunities. You can figure out what you're optimizing for. Because if you don't know where you're going, think about it like getting into an Uber. You have to put in a specific address. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere. And it's the same with your career. As long as you know where you want to go, you'll create the opportunities, You'll make better choices and you'll work on gaining the skills that you actually need instead of doing busy work. That's not going to get you anywhere.
1: Yeah. And I think also as someone who does uh, believe in serendipity, I think when you try to plan and try to be very conscientious of things, then actually that leaves more space for the unknown and for serendipity and to kind of be able to, to accept it without completely spinning because you kind of are just calmer, right? I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you, so first of all, just kind of a, a, comment is like what we haven't spoken about at all is that he used to have this amazing marketing podcast in Hebrew uh with our friend Dina and I'm kind of like just thinking while you're talking about like how we spoke about how aware you are and how good you are at analyzing things But I think like you have this real tendency of wanting to share that and to share that knowledge and kind of keep the ball rolling, see that, you know, you are able to then provide that knowledge or make it easier for other people. And I feel like that's what you're now doing with your new world of uh, career coaching. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what is it uh, that you do within that course? What's your goal? What are your dreams?
0: What's exciting for you right now? So funny enough, like everything else, I think this idea started a while back, Mm -hmm. way before I actually thought about, oh, I want to start my own business. I think a couple of years ago, I did an exercise trying to find my one word. I wanted to have one thing that kind of defines what drives me. And I remember doing the exercise and I ended up with the word impact. And I looked at my career in marketing and I said, oh, yeah definitely that is what drove me. I always wanted to, to make an impact. I wanted to help the company. I wanted to bring in more revenue. That is what allowed me to feel fulfilled. And then slowly I also started asking myself, but who else am I impacting? And to your point at the time um, I had the podcast with with Dina and that was a different way of making an impact. I wanted to help more people understand marketing, understand how to get into marketing and learn. And I was doing it, once again, on the side uh, because I had the main job, right? I was still a marketer. And I think it took a while, right? I wrote the book. Again, the goal was to make an impact. I literally had a goal. I want to impact 10,000 people. I want 10,000 people to read the book. Oh, wow. That's specific. I know. Uh, We're not there yet, but we're getting very close. Awesome. So I'm very excited about that. And I think at some point in the last couple of months, I realized that that desire to make an impact has completely shifted into the helping people as opposed to helping a company. And I think that is what gave me maybe the courage to, you know, make such a massive career pivot because after 15 years, you know, doing all the amazing things I've ever dreamt of, I literally one day just woke up and said okay, I'm done. What's next? You know, they tell you, you should wait until your side business is making enough money so you can leave. But I was actually very impatient. And I was also lucky enough to be in, in a season in my life when I can afford a couple of months off. So I I just took the time and started building. And I started by offering career coaching one-on-one and Once I learned what were the biggest problems, what were the biggest challenges and where people are getting stuck, I decided to replicate my teachings and I created an online course and it's called Career Success Secrets. And it's basically my strategy on how to create your own opportunities and get the job, the promotion, the raise, whatever it is that you're looking for. And it includes three different things. One is the strategy So what is the goal? What are you trying to achieve? And I help you figure out what it takes to get there. Number two is mindset. We started talking about this, but you can have all the plans in the world. But if you do not believe in yourself, if you don't have the confidence to actually take action, it will never happen. So I think that is crucial and I teach that. And number three is having systems in place, systems that will keep you accountable so you can stay consistent. Because again, you can have the best plans, But if you don't actually follow through, uh, because your career, I like to think about it like going to the gym. You can't go once and expect to have a six pack, right? Right. It's the same with your career. It's a process. You have to keep doing it over and over and over again for a long period of time to actually see results. But when you build the muscle, it actually gets easier. And that's what I teach people to do. That is amazing. And where can people find that? Where can people find you? Yeah. So obviously on LinkedIn, I'm Maya Grossman, but you can also go to mayagrossman.com and learn about all of my services and everything that I do.
1: That's amazing. And I highly, highly, highly recommend following Maya on LinkedIn. I have been like following and sometimes I will just like see that I've missed a couple of them and go back and read them because A, they're so good and they're, they just, they resonate And B, I have to say, they're they're written so well. I really enjoy them, even for just like how you write them and structure them. I just, I love them. I think that's another book in the
0: making, Maya. You have to think about it. Thank you. Well, funny enough, my journey with LinkedIn is very similar to everything that I teach people about their career. When I started, no one knew who I was. I had no followers and no one liked my content. It wasn't great. But I asked questions and I iterated and I posted five days a week oh, for wow. five months. Oh, That's like 112 posts before I actually started seeing traction.
1: That onto itself, if I wasn't sold on your course before, if you want to learn how to be accountable and follow up from someone, you should do it from someone who has posted 5 days a week for 5 months on LinkedIn. That is amazing, Maya. Like I don't know. I I'm, I'm trying to be accountable to post once a week and it's a challenge. It's really
0: about mindset and having a process.
1: Um, yeah, once for sure. again,
0: but uh, we can talk about that offline. I'll give you LinkedIn tips. We will. We definitely will. Maya,
1: thank you so much for coming on Looks Like Work. I'm going to put all the links in the show notes so people can find you and follow you and get inspired by you, whether it's from your LinkedIn commitment, your course, or anything of all the other amazing things that you do. I really appreciate you. And I'm so happy to have had like this opportunity to also catch up.
0: Yeah, likewise. We should do it more often.
1: <laughs> for sure. Thank you for listening to Looks Like Work. You can find resources, links, and of course, the episodes show notes at roomsandwords.com. That's rooms, like a room, and words, and like an com And if you enjoyed this episode, I really, really hope that you'll like my newsletter, too. My newsletter is something that I send out every week, and I share thoughts, links, books, and just other things that I find thought-provoking, interesting, somehow contributing to these conversations that we're having here, or sometimes just joyously distracting. Again, the newsletter is sent out every week and you can find the link to sign up on my website at roomsandwords.com and I really hope to see you there and of course to see you here next week. Have a good one.